As we approach the halfway mark of the 2021 season, a pair of 1-4 teams are clinging on to their playoff hopes. This week, those two teams made two trades in hopes of solidifying their place in the playoff push. We'll recap those trades and look forward to an action-packed week number six. Episode eight is coming up right now. Coming to you live from the jungle, it's the Pep Talk Podcast, your official podcast of the Dirty D's Fantasy Football League. And now, here's your host, Cooper Carroll and Dennis Welcome into the show, everybody. I am Cooper Carroll, alongside my co-host, the one, the only, Dennis Big D Dobbs. And joining us, our Dirty Desperados fantasy football insider, Booger McFartland. Booger, Dennis, we've got an action-packed show today. Let's jump right into it. Here we go. Let's recap last week's games. Who wants to start us off? I'll start us off here. I've never done this threesome thing before i'm kind of nervous so we'll <laughs> when you do your goes. first threesome it's always a little nerve-wracking but you never know who's gonna take the lead and win <laughs> all right this is the last week we're back we'll start off with rooney tunes and, oh man, I am on week six. Who did Rooney Tunes? Oh, it was Rooney Tunes in primetime last week. Rooney Tunes primetime. Primetime got an impressive 252-171 win over Rooney Tunes. Lamar Jackson with an absolutely great performance. 86 points, 442 yards, four touchdowns. Mike Evans popped off in the slot, in the flex spot, with 113 yards, two touchdowns. Booger, I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on Rooney Tunes just after that hot start has been absolutely slumping the last couple weeks? Well, I said it a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it again. Rooney Tunes is in for a, for a long season. His, <laughs> his team is boom or it's bust. And we don't know. We can, never, we can never count on a boom or bust team to succeed in the playoffs. Something's got to give with Rooney Tunes, and he must step it up. I will say, to come to Rooney Tunes' defense, looking at that bench with Miles Gaskin dropping 31 and Mike Williams dropping 51, that's, that's some nice players. I don't think that he w- still would have beat <clears throat> prime time, but it would have been really close. I think he's reverting back to an average when it comes to his receivers, but Cup and Lockett, like mm-hmm. you said, Booger, can boom. So this team is still dangerous. Still in the running, still tied for first in the league. Absolutely. I think I was a little too hard on them. And this week, Booger's bad beat is Mike Williams sitting on the bench with 51 points. Going forward, something to look at, too, is how the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire injury affects Mm -hmm. Rooney Tunes. Um, 
he has a really love-hate relationship with him. You know, for being a player on his team, he really doesn't like him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he fills that void. Certainly, if he can get Christian McCaffrey back this week, that would be a big boost for Rooney Tunes. Um, meanwhile, on the primetime side, or back to the primetime side, also another thing would be to monitor Tyreek Hill's health. Uh, certainly a huge piece of primetime's team, and he got a little banged up in that Sunday night game, so we'll see how he goes. Uh, I know he didn't practice per sources on Wednesday, today, uh, so something to also monitor going forward for primetime. Moving on to the next game, we have Stapler Nation dropping a cool 269 nice. on Philly. 244 which this this game looking at this game and knowing philly philly's history and how last week i mean the week before went for him you gotta feel bad for coach ward and philly philly they dropped 244 which is one of the highest scores this year and they don't pull out a win against stapler nation you know going into that game i think the difference make the difference maker in this game was the Madison play by Stapler Nation. It was reported 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday that Dalvin Cook would not play. I know Stapler Nation's out there in Mexico. I thought he would be, you know, sipping on some pina coladas or something. I was hoping and praying for Philly Philly, of course, that he would not throw Madison into the flex spot, but he did. I think that could be, you know, one of the you know, where you could circle where this game went wrong for Philly Philly. Philly Philly was set up nicely after the Thursday night game, having 31 and 32 from Metcalf and Woods, and it just it's a bummer for Philly Philly that they couldn't get more out of Sanders. And you know, Philly Philly has been one of the teams this year that really hasn't been able to put up a lot of points. So when some when weeks come like this uh, for Philly Philly. It's unfortunate that they weren't able to take advantage. Absolutely. It's got to be a crushing blow, as we've been talking about for Philly Philly, to put up 244 points and still get a loss. I'm looking at his receivers, his tight ends, and his flex. Two players have 32 points and two have 31. In this league, that should get you a W, but you got to tip your hat to Coach Wyatt DeGoyer and Stapler Nation. Even when he's on vacation, he finds a way to win. What a great example for everybody out there. So a question for both of you that I've been wondering now about Philly Philly. First, let's give a shout out to Devontae Adams dropping a 50 points on Philly Philly. Mm. 206, 206 yards with a touchdown. Amazing performance by Devontae Adams is performing to what Coach Wyatt wants now, I think, in Stapler Nation. But th this is a question that's been on my mind lately, specifically about Miles Sanders. How long is Coach Ward and Philly Philly going to trust him in the starting lineup? Because he is, I, I think it's fair to say, very underperformed this year, only scoring 23, 11, 10, 8, and 10. Well, if Sirianni would give him the damn ball, maybe he would have some <laughs> chances to perform here. But, you know, if you look at the lineup that Philly Philly has set so far for uh, – week six not to jump ahead to the week six uh look ahead here but miles sanders is not in the starting lineup 
Eagles play on Thursday night. We'll see uh, if that remains going into tomorrow night's game. The fact of the matter still is that Miles Sanders has not very, has not rushed or received for very many miles this year, and it seems like compared to the rest of the players on the field, he is running in sand. Great take, Booger. Always some insightful play on words from you. Let's go on to the next game, which was a blowout. Garrett's fantasy versus your mom's fantasy. Garrett won 213 to 163. Garrett's team, uh, almost all of them were in double digits, minus Waller, the tight end, who's not on the team anymore. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And his defense. Pretty impressive victory when looking at Garrett's fantasy team and Kyler Murray only scoring 29 points, but the team still put over 200 points um, up on your mom's fantasy, largely due to Alvin Kamara and his 38-point performance. Wonderful performance for Alvin Kamara. You knew it was going to come, and it made up the difference between Kyler Murray only scoring 29. It's very impressive that... Garrett's fantasy was able to amass 213 points with his quarterback only getting half of what he typically gets. You guys, what does your mom's fantasy do going forward with Wilson out? Expected to miss at least two months. Does he roll with, it looks like he has Sam Darnold in the backup spot. Does he throw Darnold into the mix? Darnold had a terrible game, only scoring 16 points. Your mom's fantasy is in trouble. Has your mom's fantasy added a, a quarterback since? Let's check his roster. I can do that. It'll be interesting. I don't think he has added anybody else, and currently for week six, he is planning on starting Sam Darnold. Um, I I don't know if you can roll with him, but at this point and the season that your mom's fantasy team has been having, what other options does Coach Matt Larson have? He's just got to pray for some big weeks out of his receivers, like they had at the beginning of the year, CeeDee Lamb and Brendan Cooks went off. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got to stop here. Am I reading that your mom's fantasy zero-burger to get a position? Did Matt Milano really not play in the game on Sunday night? Matt Milano played in the game. Okay, okay. Matt Milano played. I remember I was watching and I believe he did play. Let's see. Okay. So oh, no, Milano actually did not play. He was questionable going in. He was questionable going in and looks like he was a late scratch. It's unacceptable. Poor roster management. Your mom's fantasy, their rookie head coach trying to rebuild a brand that was absolutely terrible brand. And this is the kind of stuff he does that, in my opinion, should be punishable by the league. Hey, 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 now, in his defense, um, it was a 6.30 game. It, was, it started at 6.30. Before 11 o'clock game started, they didn't have the actives or inactives available for him to see. Maybe he read that he was hopeful to play, but if that was the case, then that, if that wasn't the case, then I agree that that is unacceptable. Your mom's fantasy turning into your mom's nightmare. Cool. Let's go on to the next game. We had Coach Addie Wells and the Architect versus Tongan Brown Kid and Coach Mana. The Architect coming up on top, 274 out of against Monas 225. There was a lot of trash talk in this game. Emotions ran high. Both teams put up amazing performances. I would say the same thing about Monas' team as I did Garrett's. His QB got injured, only had 10 points, 
but he put up 225, which is very impressive. And absolutely, indeed, that is impressive. You wonder how this game could have been different if Daniel Jones hadn't been asked to run a naked bootleg on the goal line. Um, but when you look at the architect putting up 274, he was this week's top scorer. And this week, he caught a, a really good sighting that both of his running backs, Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor, both had breakout performances. If they can continue that, the architect will be a dangerous team. I think we are uh, looking at the last of the weeks of Tong and Brown Kid coming up short. I think the trade that we'll discuss later on in the show has really boosted his roster, solidified him for a deep run, and trying to get back into the playoff picture. I think we've seen the last of trying to plug and play Daniel Jones, the Roethlisberger type games for Tong and Brown Kid. It was a tough L. Um, once again, one of those performances where he's just right there. Mark Andrews, 47 points. Is that the highest scoring tight end this season? It's got to be by quite a lot, I think. The only one that may there. have rivaled him was Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller week one. But I Waller do think... week one only had 27, I believe. It was just, just enough to get past the architect in that one. It must have been the highest scoring then. Moving on to the last matchup, we have the Dictator versus Operation Brett Gate. Two teams that also scored over 200 points. Heartbreaking loss for Operation Brett Gate. And I don't think it would be short to say this was a QB duel in this game. Justin Herbert dropping 81 points. Josh Allen dropping 70 points. Very impressive performances between those two QBs. I look at what this game would have looked like had... Operation Brettgate not have Cole Beasley and Jared Cook in there. I understand the Jared Cook play, but when you look at, at Brettgate's bench, there's not anybody that would have really done much better. That is an area of concern and a glaring weakness I see in Operation Brettgate's team this early in the season. Got to tip your hat to the dictator. 264, Saquon Barkley going down. Great performances. All his other guys picked up the slack uh, in the absence of Barkley. Justin Herbert's 81 was fun- phenomenal, just like Lamar Jackson's 86. Going forward, the Dictator's once again in trouble. We've been talking about Saquon Barkley and how his play and his performance will affect the Dictator going forward with this injury. I know, I think... Uh, the dictator picked up Williams off the waiver this year, or off the waiver this week. He wasn't able to get Booker off the waiver wire. Didn't affect him this week, but that is something to monitor going forward. Absolutely. All right, on the other side, our Dirty Desperados fantasy football insider, Booger McFarland, will get you up to date with everything that's going good in the league. Inside scoop on all things Dirty D's fantasy football. It's me, a booger. This is Booger McFartland's Inside Scoop on the Pep Talk Podcast.
Alright everybody, now we're going to get on to a matter that's very, very sensitive and it's important for all coaches to be aware of. According to a source close to me, the, uh, the Dirty D's Fantasy Football League did a recent investigation into emails because workplace or people in the workplace of a certain coach has complained to league offices. And the coach that we're going to be talking about is Coach Garrett Harris. Now, Coach Garrett Harris is known for having a very, very upbeat and bright personality. But he is maybe taking it too far within the realms of his own organization. So I'm going to show you the picture that has been recovered from emails according to this investigation. Wow. Absolutely disgusting. A disgusting act by Coach Harris. And what I'll do, I'll explain what the picture is, and (laughs) you coaches will also get a visual, just so you know not to do this. It's a picture, it looks like apparently a Spain and Russia soccer game at halftime, with Garrett posing and having his butt hanging out. This picture allegedly was sent to players on his team, and male and female employees within the organization. Um, The whistleblower will not be named, but it is an absolute travesty that he is allowed to coach under no circumstances yet. Now, I'm very close to the source that I've heard this from, and let me tell you, in the league office, there are people that are disturbed, so I just want to hear what what Dennis and, and Cooper, what, what are your takes on this obscene act that has been made by Coach Harris? I'm kind of speechless right now. It seems like Garrett's upbeat personality has went too far. And the picture went too far. All I really have to say is it'll be interesting to see how Commissioner Smith responds to this action by one of the coaches in the league and if there's any disciplinary action to follow this. It's unfortunate that this happened uh, to Coach Harris and Garrett's fantasy. be interesting to see if what Garrett's fantasy does with Coach Harris, uh, if they remove him from the Ring of Honor or anything like that. Um, but like to Coach Dennis Dobbs' point, it's on the Commissioner Smith at this point to take swift actions and you know, have a response about this. We can't have things like this happening in the league. Mm. And, yeah, just a just a tough, unfortunate situation. Um, you know, certainly a, a white ass out in the open, exposed. And, you know, that takes years for people to recover from, from such a thing like that. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would definitely have to agree. Um, and I just got a notification from my friend Dusty Knox, who's a sideline reporter, and he is close to players within the Coach Harris organization, within uh, uh, within Garrett's fantasy, and the players, the players within the organization, have it actually has boosted team morale. They now rely and they trust on Coach Harris more than they had before, and attitudes and and moods are up on Coach Harris's, which. Is very very alarming. It makes me wonder what type of player Coach Harris looks for, 
and you wonder if maybe Darren Waller could have been the signal caller that got him off the team. It'll be interesting. Garrett's fantasy, something that Garrett has to realize, may not be everybody's fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else for us, Booger? As far as scandals go, that is all that I have as the insider on this, and we will hear. Well, we will have to hear what the commissioner says about this. Is this acceptable? Is it a gray area? We'll have to find out. Booger McFarland dropping it hot with some scandalous insider hot takes, topics, whatever you want to call it. Coming up on the other side, we've got big trades this week to break down. Welcome back. This week, I know, Dennis, you were kind of, you know, made the comment last week that the trades have been kind of quiet in the league up to this point, but this week was not the case. We had two trades this week come down the line uh, between four different teams. Uh, The first trade between the Tongan Brown kid and the Architect, and then the second trade that happened last night between Philly Philly and Garrett's Fantasy our Dirty D's Fantasy Football Insider, Booger McFarland, has the scoops on the trade. What can you tell us, Booger? Absolutely. So on the first trade you mentioned between the Architect and Tonga Brown Kid, there was a lengthy discussion about players, and a source close to me actually told and told me that there, were a, there was quite a few offers that were sent and denied by both coaches until the perfect deal was able to, to be reached on Monday night. Um, the first op- the first thing, the way that this negotiation happened was when Tom Brown kid asked to have Tom Brady from the architect. And um, the first offer was the architect sent was going to send Melvin Gordon and Tom Brady to Tom Brown kid for Austin Eckler and uh, and Daniel Jones. And this was taught was thought about for a few minutes and then they kind of after that one was rejected they went back and forth with different offers throughout the span of about 30 minutes or so uh, when until they finally reached the agreement a five-player deal one of the bigger ones in recent memory um, that involved like that involved Calvin Ridley and Tom Brady being sent to Tongan Brown kid for Aaron Jones, Daniel Jones, and Amari Cooper. Um, when you look at it on both sides, you look at the Architects roster here, and it makes sense for both teams, but the Architect now has four of the top 11 running backs in fantasy up to this point. That is the breakdown on that trade, and what do you guys think of it? Coach Dobbs, what's your thoughts on the trade? Um... I I do think it's good for both teams. I think Coach Mana was desperate for a QB. He got a good one in Tom Brady. He did give up, I believe, his first-round draft pick, Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. to get that. He did a good job drafting the later rounds so that he was able to do this, but it does put things into perspective that he gave up his first-round draft pick to get Tom Brady and um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think he, he has a really good team going forward. Coach Addy added some running back depth. 
I don't know if I'd classify Aaron Jones as a top 11 running back at this point, minus the 140-point week. He's been pretty average since then. But Coach Wells gets a running back that has major boom potential in Aaron Jones. And again, he gave up two bench players to get those those players. My thoughts on the trade are Tongan Brown kid finally gets the quarterback that he desperately needed. Uh, Tom Brady's been a great fantasy quarterback up to this point this year. It is unfortunate, though, what he had to give up to get that when, in all likelihood, Tom Brady probably would have been there at some point in the draft in the lower rounds for Tongan Brown kid to draft. And so, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty in that scenario, but... Needless to say, it still is a great acquisition for both sides. The architect, once again, pulls off a great midseason trade with the acquisitions of Cooper and Jones. Or Aaron Jones, I should say. Daniel Jones. I don't know. Um, But, if you guys remember, last year there was a similar trade uh, with another Packers standout that the architect acquired. And, you know, still the architect ended up losing in the first round to the team he traded with. It was it was almost a similar situation. He traded with a bottom-of-the-barrel team, a team struggling, and that team ended up beating him in the playoffs. So we'll see if history repeats, him, repeats itself. And I did, right back there, I did ask the architect that very question about how, how can we know if he's learned from last year, if it seems like he may have made the same type of mistake with the same type of trade and her response to me was last year was last year I I got those good players and gave up my depth but now I have more depth in that position and will move on not looking to move on from the depth that I, that he has received I will add about this trade before we move on to the next interesting trade Tom Brady was drafted 125th overall that was lower then Roquan Smith, um, on his starting linebacker, and Patrick Queen. Tom Brady was available when Coach Mana drafted both of his starting defensive players, and it's debatable if Patrick Queen is an amazing defensive player. Just kind of out there that Tom Brady was still available until the 125th pick in the draft, and I believe he's ranked number one overall in QB. Let me so, check on that. I think he might be at closer to. Let's see. Uh, pulling up Tong and Brown Kid's roster. Yeah, Brady is the number one ranked quarterback through five weeks. That is a an impressive note there. Tough, 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 tough. Booger, we have another trade and kind of a interesting trade and how it how it all broke down what what can you tell us with this next trade well rusty baker let me know about this trade going on last night um he is close to coach philly philly and he is the team's media representative um rusty let me know that philly philly is in talks to send um was in talks to try to get a tight end darren waller from Coach Harris, and their negotiation, much like the previous trade we talked about, included a variety of different players. Um, when you look at the trade, I 
I think that you could say a lot of coaches throughout the league was absolutely stunned to see that Darren Waller was being given up to Zach Moss, who is a Buffalo Bill. And time will tell, but Garrett's fantasy may have gotten mossed on this trade because there is controversy around it, and you guys will have to talk about the controversy and your take on this trade. I'll start this one off, Coach Dobbs. Uh, I am close to Philly Philly as well, alongside Rusty Baker. Um, So basically, from what I was told, is there was a misunderstanding. A couple different offers went back and forth between Philly Philly and Garrett's Fantasy before the trade that was approved was agreed upon. Uh, initially, Garrett's Fantasy offered... I have it pulled up here. Garrett's Fantasy offered Philly Philly... Wow. I had it pulled up here. Garrett's Fantasy offered Philly Philly, Tony Pollard, and Darren Waller for Miles Sanders and Damian Williams. This trade was rejected by Philly Philly... And another trade was proposed that would send James Conner and Elijah Mitchell to Garrett's Fantasy in exchange for Darren Waller. Garrett's Fantasy rejected that trade before proposing the Zach Moss-Darren Waller trade in which Philly Philly accepted. Garrett's Fantasy had some remorse, regret about this. But Philly Philly thought that Garrett's Fantasy was doing this intentionally and deliberately in offering Darren Waller so therefore, views it as a fair trade, as much of the other members in the league do. As a matter of fact, Philly Philly released this statement regarding the trade. I quote, Philly Philly has always prided themselves as an organization that conducts all operations both internally and with other league members with 100% honesty and transparency. The trade with Garrett's Fantasy was a result of three separate proposals between the two organizations with the final trade that was agreed upon being proposed by Garrett's Fantasy. It now seems that Garrett's Fantasy has some regret about the transaction. Philly Philly views this regret as unfortunate, but does feel that because Garrett's Fantasy actively offered Darren Waller in two separate trade proposals, this trade was not an honest mistake and was indeed intentional and deliberate by Coach Harris. Coach Harris and Garrett's Fantasy is a first-class organization, and we wish them the best going forward this season. We would also like to thank Zach Moss for his contributions this season and also wish him the best of luck with this new team. We also would like to welcome Darren Waller to Philly and are very excited to see him in action, end quote. Coach Dobbs, what are your thoughts on how this went down? I It, it is an unfortunate series of events. I understand both sides of kind of how this went down with the trade. I... My thoughts are this. When I first saw this go down, I was taken back and thought, what the heck is Garrett and Garrett's fantasy doing? But looking closer upon these players, I actually don't think it's as lopsided as people are making it out to be. Darren Waller is not having a season like he has in the past. Derek, The poor play of Derek Carr is really hurting him. He's averaging 15.8 game, points per game. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss is averaging 19 points per game. And I understand that you have to take into account the running back position versus the tight end position and tight ends being fewer and far between. But 
hearing those averages of points and knowing that David Montgomery went down for Garrett's fantasy and the need for a running back, I don't think this is as lopsided of a trade as people think it is. I do think it still favored Philly Philly more in the aspect that he got a really good tight end. That may not be having the best year, but a decent year. But Garrett is still getting a very consistent running back in Zach Moss, who's averaged 19 points a game this season. Absolutely, and time will tell how these trades go down, both of them that we've talked about. Um, but one thing to look out for with um, Coach Harris's team is that he's doing now dealing with a scandal on top of that controversy about a trade. And so we'll see how his players respond. And we obviously would wish them the best. You think Zach Moss will like Garrett's pictures? Uh, depends on the kind of guy that he is. You know, he may be... <laughs> can you cut that out I would I slipped up on live television that's my bad my bad we folks. got a hot mic on here <laughs> it'll be interesting moving on there is a bold statement said this week by coach Mana who predicted and we'll make this a quicker segment here but I think this needed to be addressed he stated that Philly Philly and Tongan Brown Kid would both make the playoffs this year. Thoughts on that? Do you agree with that? If so, who does not make the playoffs? And if you don't agree with it, who? which one of those will not make it? Well, I got to say, uh, with Tongan Brown Kids... Uh, kids? Plural? <laughs> Tongan Brown Kids... Apostrophe S, not plural. Anyways... With his bold statement there, I don't know if it's very bold in my opinion. Uh, when you look at Tonga Brown Kid and Philly Philly, they do put up points. Now, Philly Philly might be um, an exception there. However, he's not too far back from number eight in, in, in point scoring. So I think... Philly Philly's I, an exception to the two teams? <laughs> <laughs> well... Philly Philly might be the exception as far as what I said about scoring a lot of points. Um, but looking at the rosters, Philly Philly is coming off of a 244-point performance while Tonga Brown Kid has stayed steady in, in his points throughout the year. So knowing what we know about these two rosters, I think that there is potential. And I don't know if that's too bold of a statement. Do both of these teams make the playoffs, yes or no? My gut is telling me yes. Who, which two teams are not going to make the playoffs? The two teams that are not going to be making the playoffs, it's, it's got to be your mom's fantasy and Brett Gate. Okay, that's a good take there. Coop, what do you think about this statement? Do you agree with it? Uh, I think one team will make the playoffs, but it's really hard for me to, to, to say that both of them, especially because both of them play each other this week. If they're both 1-4 and four at this point and they had already played each other, then I would say something a little different. But they're 1-4 and four this week. Someone's going to be 1-5 and five at the end of this week. I think one of them will make the playoffs. I don't know about both, and I really think the winner of this game this week will determine that. And I think they'll bump your mom's fantasy. 
I would have to agree with that statement. I don't think both of them will finish it, finish off in the playoffs. I do agree with you. I think this week, especially not knowing yet what's happening with the playoffs and how that may shorten the season, and we'll discuss that in a second, but not knowing that could be a shorter season than what people expect, could be a little bit longer season and provide time for them to make it up. I do think this is a huge game for both of these teams. You do not want to drop to one and five in the Dirty D's Fantasy League. A Thursday night showdown between two quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady. All right, you, Dennis Dobbs, brought up our next hot segment hot topic that's been really the hot topic of the league since the draft one week or two week playoffs what can you tell us about the situation and what's going on so right now there's a discussion among many coaches of what should happen in the league between one week playoffs and two week playoffs it was decided before the league had started you guys can correct me if i'm wrong on this that it would be two week playoffs After the draft happened and people were looking at their schedules with their players, they saw that bye weeks were happening in the playoffs. So it begged the question, should this be the case? Yeah, that is a very, very, very fair question to bring up regarding this topic. Now, the talks have really, really heated up today, uh, actually this morning within with all the coaches. Um, I'm very close to a few, and specifically the architect is getting very, very impatient with this process. Um, He would like this to be resolved and this to be put to bed as soon as possible because he knows the potential that his team has, and not knowing the playoff situation is borderline preposterous is what he said earlier. So this is a very flagrant issue according to the architect, and I know that many coaches feel the same way that it needs to be resolved. What Coach Wells needs to understand is this is a this is a delicate situation. This was something decided on, and both sides have viewpoints that are valid in my in my eyes. That it, it this was decided upon before the draft had started, and certain people drafted that way. But also on the flip side, bye weeks in playoffs. That they suck, and so no matter what happens in this, it's a sticky situation. From what I can tell, though, I think most sides on this are more understanding of if it happens, it happens. Either way, I think people just want a decision at this point. Just unfortunate that we couldn't have this resolved before the season started. My opinion on this, and I know... This is what Philly Philly views the same way. Bottom line is we voted upon this, or the league, I should say, voted upon this before the draft, before the season started. It was agreed that it would be two-week playoffs. I spoke with Coach Ward in Philly Philly. Their thoughts are, you know, the one-week playoffs would certainly benefit them much more than the two-week playoffs. However, they are in favor of continuing the two-week playoffs because that is what was agreed upon before the draft. That's what was set in stone going into the draft. And it compromises 
the competitive spirit of the league if we we're going to change something like that after the draft because somebody viewed their roster. Bottom line is it's a lose-lose situation for both sides, but I think going to one-week playoffs this late in the season after it was already decided on, already decided on I think is a bit of a lo- more significant loss for the people that were drafting with the two-week playoffs in mind. That's my thoughts. That's also Philly Philly's thoughts. I think it's on the commissioner to get a hold of this, to get control of this quickly. Um, you know, it changes things. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's it, you know, it shortens the runway for teams trying to fight for the playoffs. It's a it's an important issue that needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Absolutely, and over the years we know this league to be one of very high intellectuality and very high integrity. That said, if we if we maintain and we hold to that standard, this topic must be addressed and it must be solved soon. So just looking at that, not knowing that what's going to happen, right now the league set up one-week playoffs. If it were to move to two-week playoffs, how many regular season games would that take away? Three. Was that correct? It would take three away because there would be 11 weeks um, in the regular season with two-week playoffs. Uh, and then with a three, with a one-week playoff, there would be 14 regular season weeks with week 15, 16, and 17 being um, the playoff rounds. So we'd have, we'd have 11 regular season games. Yes. So we are going into week six here. So after this... There'd be five games left. Mm-hmm. So basically, for teams like Philly Philly, I mean, let's let's say for example, Philly Philly loses to Tongan Brown kid. There, they would be three games behind the first place, or you know, four games probably behind the first place team. You know, they're one game currently behind the eighth place team. You would hope that they could keep pace with the. But, you know, that's huge. That's huge for a team like Tongan Brown Kid, like Philly Philly. But, you know, that's that's kind of the way it goes. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the league decides. I think it really is up to the commissioner and getting hold of this. Um, tough situation. Commissioner's got a lot on his plate right now. A sex scandal at Garrett's Fantasy. We have this playoff. That still needs to be decided. Commissioner has a lot on his plate. We'll see hand- how he handles it, hopefully within this next week going forward. Got to have a big stomach to handle that within the next week with how much is on his plate. But we believe in the in the commissioner and his processes and, and, and what he does on a daily basis. I believe we're ready to move on to week six. And we got pickums. All the coaches out there are super lucky. They get three opinions this week on who will win the matchups. Let's do it on the other side. Week six pick'ems. This is Dennis Dobbs and Cooper Carroll's weekly predictions.
All right, Coach Dobbs, get us started with the pickums. Perfect. We, I think we should start off with the game of the week. Let's start off with Philly Philly and Tongan Brown Kid. I don't know how you could choose another game other than this one to be the game of the week. Who do you guys have? Philly Philly, Tongan Brown Kid. A lot's riding on the line for basically the Thursday night game. Battle of the quarterbacks, big, big game. Jalen Hurts versus Tom Brady. Jalen Hurts has been a really good fantasy football quarterback this year. But Tom Brady, I think, has been that much better. Had a kind of a bummer week in New England. Um, Bounced back. It's kind of a double-edged sword for Philly Philly. They have Jalen Hurts, but they also have Tampa Bay's defense. Tough when that happens. Um, DK Metcalf, that's also something to look for. How does he do? with Russell Wilson out. Does he get the same target, same looks with Geno Smith? Uh, ooh, this is tough. The line right now is Mana by 16 and a half. I am going to have to say Philly Philly gets the win. Jalen Hurts outduels Tom Brady on Thursday night. That's my prediction. I'd have to disagree respectfully with your opinion uh coop the reason why i think that it's going to take an insurmountable effort by your running backs or by philly philly's running backs dalvin cook and Devonte booker to make the difference here there's going to be a difference in points that will have to be made up by both of them and i'm not sure if dalvin cook is is ready for that responsibility in his first week back from injury I am going to have to pick Tongan Brown Kid this week, mainly because they have a QB now. They were on the verge of greatness. They did lose Aaron Jones, which even though he has running back depth there with Joe Mixon and Daryl Henderson to go along with Austin Eckler, it still hurts to lose somebody like Aaron Jones who has that major boom potential I'm a little worried about Devontae Booker against that stingy Rams inner defense, inner defensive line with Aaron Donald. I think this game's going to be close, though. Yeah. Two against one in favor of the Tongan Brown kid. Our next game, Rooney Tunes versus the Architect. Who do you guys like? We'll start with you, Booger McFartlin. Absolutely. This game is a is a battle of two pretty good teams so far in this league. Obviously, we have seven teams at three and two. Um, however, these two tend to have very big boom or very big bust potentials. When I look at the matchup, I really look at the running back matchup between Rooney Tunes and Architect. Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor are coming off coming off of big games where they definitely helped Architect beat Tongue and Brown K last week. Um, that said, Rooney Tunes also has a lot of upside, especially at his receiver that we have seen in the past. I'm going to have to go with the Architect to win this game. You might notice that his defensive spot is empty, um, but that will be fixed according to Coach Architect and what I have asked him about in the previously today. I'm going with the Architect to come away with a very, very close win marking three straight losses for the Rooney Tunes. I'm going with Rooney Tunes. Here's why. 
Arizona's going to get up on Cleveland. Nick Chubb is not going to get as many touches as he does. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, go off. Christian McCaffrey against Minnesota. He's 50-50 right now. I think he's going to play. If not, Chuba Hubbard is on the bench of Rooney Tunes. I think Rooney Tunes is going to win this. I have to agree. I think Rooney Tunes wins it as well. I think he stops the slide. Christian McCaffrey coming back will be a huge boost for him. Stafford, I expect to tear up the Giants' defense. Washington, with Mahomes, I expect similar performances. It'll be close, but I like Rooney Tunes to pull this one up. Out. Okay. Moving on to the next game, we have Your Mom's Fantasy versus Operation Brettgate. Who do you guys got? Yeah, for this one, I ha- I'm going to have to go with Operation Brettgate. Um, looking and comparing these rosters down the line, I think the big difference here is going to be in the running backs between Derrick Henry and Kareem Hunt, who's been a little off lately. Um, but I still like those running backs over Zeke and A.J. Dillon. I'm going to have to go with Operation Brettgate. Um, not only because it's a better matchup, but I think he's a better team at this point than your mom's fantasy. I expect Operation Brigade to win big as well. Um, looks like he's starting Darnold in the absence of Russell Wilson. He's had to deal with a lot of injuries this year, and honestly, guys, I don't think he's done enough to try to fill the void. I think the gap between him and Operation Brigade is uh, too big. And, yeah, I, you know... I don't want to break this down too much. I think Operation Breakgate wins big running away. Your mom's fantasy has some work to do to kind of salvage this season. Yeah. I am going to have to agree. I'd go with Operation Breakgate when you said Kareem Hunt is off a little bit. I hope you meant going off because he has scored 36, 22, and 29 the past three weeks. Amazing performances by Kareem Hunt. I think he's going to be more involved in this game because of Arizona's offense and how explosive they are. And I don't like the Sam Darnold play. So I will go with Operation Brett-Kate. And I do have one question here regarding this game now um, for both of you. The line right now I think is one of the higher ones this week um, with your mom's fantasy being a 24-point underdog. Is your mom's fantasy going to cover the spread or not? Not. They will not cover? Okay. I'll say they won't cover as well. Okay, perfect. Just wanted to, I just wanted to know your opinion. You going taking that to Vegas or something, Booger? <laughs> I'm a, a man of integrity, and I do not gamble on things that I analyze. Okay, then. Moving on to the next game, Garrett's Fantasy Stapler Nation. This will be an interesting game. Garrett still has to put in some players. I am going to have to go with Stapler Nation on this one. The running back woes of Garrett's fantasy is too much to handle with Alvin Kamara on a bye. David Montgomery on IR. Stapler Nation comes out with the victory on this one. With the current lineup as it is in Garrett's fantasy, there is a gaping hole. And it reminds me of the, the black hole that has left his team when Darren Waller left via trade that hole will be tough to fill for Garrett's fantasy I have Stapler Nation coming away with a big victory this week Garrett's fantasy picked up Zach Ertz to fill that tight end spot this week uh with Dallas Goddard on the COVID list 
there's some potential there to get some points back with that Zach Ertz play. But yeah, guys, I think this one's pretty easy as well. Stapler Nation wins big. Um, Devontae Adams, I look for him to have another big game. Had a great game last week. Najee Harris continues to be sensational this year in his rookie season. Not much more to say. Stapler Nation big. The line right now is Stapler Nation plus 35. Does Stapler Nation cover? Um, Stapler Nation... I'm going to say that Stapler Nation does not cover the current line of 34.9. Even with the tight end that Garrett's Fantasy will put in, I'm going to say no, but I think it'll be close. I think that Stapler Nation will still win by around 20 points. I'm going to say yes. I think Garrett's running backs are going to tank this week and Stapler Nation's going to come out big. Mm. Moving on to the next game, we have Primetime and The Dictator. This one's going to be close. A battle of two excellent, probably the, arguably the best fantasy performers this season between Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, both coming off 80-plus point games. I'm going to go primetime on this one just because I think losing Saquon Barkley and what the dictator does with his running backs is going to be a little tough to overcome. He still has to fill in a defensive player with Fred Warner on a bye. Even with that, that will obviously uh, shorten, uh, shrink the line, if you will. I'm going to I'm going to look for primetime to pull out a close fought victory over the dictator. And something that I noticed with this matchup and I'm going to pick the primetime to take this one as well. Um, I noticed last week that coach Holmes Brett Gate had Buffalo's defense and special teams on his roster if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I am wrong on that. He did not have that. I must have read something different. Anyways, um big thing, I'm still going to take the primetime to to come away with this one. His quarterback, Lamar Jackson, has been just straight up on fire um, this whole year, and I think that that will be the difference in this game and primetime winning. I believe this game is going to be really close. I think primetime will win because I like Lamar, and I'm a little biased there, but I think this is a very clever move by the dictator playing Marquise Brown on his flex spot. If Lamar does well, there's a, I'd say, decent chance that Marquise Brown's doing well. Marquise Brown's coming off a great performance, 40 points last week in the Monday night game. Seventh-ranked receiver as well, Marquise Brown is. Is that all the games? That is it. That is it for this week. Booger McFartland, our dirty... D's Fantasy Insider has one more thing for us before we go. What you got, Booger? Yeah, for sure. You know, in a world where Antonio Brown can still play NFL football and Superman is bisexual, Brett Gate is tied for the top of the league. I didn't see that coming. Neither did anybody else. (laughs) Thank you, Booger. That does it for our show today. Tonight's show is sponsored by... What's tonight's show sponsored by? 
Minky blankets. Minky blankets. Minky blankets. And this dinner that just came in at the right in time at the end of the show. Uh, thanks for listening. For Coach Dennis Dobbs, Booger McFarland, you guys got anything else to say? Good luck to coaches this week. Uh, appreciate your time and attention to the podcast. <laughs> thanks for watching listening to the podcast. I will say shout out to Dusty and Rusty, our great <laughs> sideline reporters this week. Always on top of the information. All right, we'll see you next time. Get out of this. <laughs>